And this morning, I want to talk about that we are a people filled with the Spirit. So this morning, as we talk about this, uh, uh, we're a church that believes in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the reality is that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is subsequent to salvation. When you get saved, you have the Holy Spirit coming and living inside of you. But the baptism of the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit coming upon you. And, and some refer to it as being filled. Some refer to it as being baptized in the Spirit. You'll actually see it referred to both ways in the Scriptures. But what we're going to look at today is that we'll see where the Scripture shows that when, when Jesus breathed upon them, the Holy Spirit went inside them, and they became saved at that moment. But then he said, wait for the day of Pentecost, and then the Holy Spirit will come upon you. You'll be clothed with power upon high. And that's when we're going to see that the Spirit of God fell upon them. They began to speak in other tongues. They began to prophesy. They began to operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So today what we're going to look at is, is what is the baptism of the Holy Spirit? We're going to look at how do we get baptized in the Spirit? We're going to look about how do we know that we have been baptized in the Spirit? What does that look like? Is there any evidence for that in our lives? And then the main thing we're going to look at, uh, one of the most important things is what is the purpose of being filled with the Holy Spirit? I mean, what is the whole deal with this? And when we're filled, the truth is, is that we receive and may operate in the gifts in the Holy Spirit. And, and God gives us power to affect the world around us, to make us witnesses in this community because we, want to, we, we need power. I don't know if you notice it, but, but we do need power in this world, just like the early church, because things aren't that much easier. We have different technologies. We have different ways that stuff are happening. But the truth is, we still need power to receive the people in this community. Amen? So let's go ahead and get started. In 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 11, it says, Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another the working of miracles. To another prophecy. To another the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another various kinds of tongues. To another the interpretation of tongues. And all these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. This was a pretty long list, right? But how many know this list itself isn't even exhaustive? In Romans 12, 6 through 8, he says, Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, in proportion to our faith. If service, in our serving. The one who teaches, in his teaching. The one who exhorts, in his exhortation. The one who contributes, in generosity. The one who leads, with zeal. And the one who does acts of mercy, with cheerfulness. There are so many gifts of the Spirit, the, the gifts of God who is working through you to impact a city, to impact a nation, to impact people in your sphere of influence, and they're going to work through you, then God will give you the power to do what he has called you to do. But one of the things you'll notice is that every single one of the gifts is given for what? The common good. So the whole point of the gifts of the Spirit is to edify the body, to encourage and lift up the body, to empower us to do what God has called us to do. And the reality is, is that not everybody will operate in every single gift. 
And operating in a specific gift does not make you greater than somebody who else who doesn't operate in that particular gift of the Spirit. Because the reality is, is the gifts of the Spirit are not a reflection on who you are, but they're a reflection of who God is and Him working through you. Amen? I've often heard it said, and, and if you've been around people that believe in the gifts of the Spirit, sometimes you hear it said that everybody has at least one gift. Everybody's going to get at least one gift. And where that comes from is it says that, uh, I think it's actually in this scripture here. Hmm. That's what he's talking about. To one is given to the spirit of utterance. To one is given. Over and over you see to one is given. And, it's, and people say that every, every person receives one gift, at least one gift. But I want you to know that, that the reality is, is that Every person should operate in one, and, and off, actually they should operate in multiple gifts. And you'll operate in one gift at one time, and another gift at another time. And the scripture says that we can actually desire to operate in the gifts. That's one thing that I would encourage you to do, is ask God to work through you, to op- because we want to be effective in this community. We want to be effective, to have that power flowing through us. How many of you have gone out and to, to begin to speak to people or to walk in your life or to do something that God has called you to do and you feel like that you can't do it on your own? You feel like that you don't have enough. God, why are you asking me to do this? There's no way. This isn't possible for me. Well, God will operate through you and help you to do the things. And he does that through the gifts of the Spirit. When you've laid hands on somebody and you're asking God to heal them and you're like, God, I, I mean, this, I, I don't even know if I believe this stuff myself. If you would just ask God to work through, you may operate in the gift of healing and see somebody miraculously healed before your eyes. You might have God place on your heart a word of, of wisdom for somebody or a word of knowledge to encourage them, to help them get through what they're going through. God will work through you to make a difference in people's lives. 1 Corinthians 12.31 says, but earnestly desire the higher gifts. Paul says, I want you to desire the higher gifts. You know, as we're going to see today, we we, we look at uh, the the speaking in tongues as kind of the starter gift of of walking and and working in the Spirit, of God working through you. It's kind of the the one that we'll show, and we're going to show through Scripture, that uh, it's the one that, that typically was the first one manifested by people as they were filled by the Spirit. But Paul says, don't stop there. Desire the greater gifts, prophecy, words of knowledge, so that you can be a blessing to somebody else. So the question that we come to then, what exactly is the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Some of you guys are out there going, Pastor Wayne, this stuff all kinds sounds kind of weird. It sounds kind of creepy. It's not, I, where are you coming up with this stuff? This speaking in tongues stuff Man, I don't know. It, I've heard people do it. It just sounds weird. And I agree with you. It's kind of weird. Some of the stuff is weird. I mean, there's stuff in the Bible that's weird. How many know that if you would have saw Jesus raise Lazarus from the dead, you'd have been like, this is weird. Matter of fact, today we see somebody raised from the dead and we're automatically thinking the walking dead. We're thinking the T-virus. We're thinking zombie because it's weird. You know, when you see somebody, if you saw somebody who, who was a paraplegic and people laid hands on them, they got up and they walked that would probably be kind of weird. If you saw somebody that was missing a leg and their limb grew out and all of a sudden they had a leg again, that would be kind of weird. But it'd be kind of awesome, don't you think? But sometimes we look at these other gifts of the Spirit and we're like, man, this stuff is weird. I don't want nothing to do with it. But it's scriptural, and that's what we're going to look at today, what the Bible has to say about it. 
So John 20, 19 through 22 says, On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. And then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. And Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. So what I want to talk about right here is, is, is we're going to begin to look at what exactly is the baptism of the Spirit or being filled with the Spirit. And right here, this is subsequent to Jesus Christ being resurrected he he has died on the cross he has now since been resurrected he's going around and speaking to the disciples he's made multiple appearances right he caught the old cleo and his friend on the road he talked to the crowd of like 500 he talked to mary so he's been back he's resurrected and he's talking to people and this is when he's with his disciples and he breathes on them and says receive the holy spirit and there is a difference of receiving the holy spirit which happens When you get saved, the moment that you get saved, your spirit is replaced by the Spirit of God. You are made brand new. The Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you, and you have received the Holy Spirit. That is a miracle that happens at the instant of salvation. The moment that you believe, then that happens. He lives inside of you. And Jesus breathed on. This was the disciples. Jesus came back, and he breathed on the disciples. And the disciples have the Holy Spirit inside of them. They've become saved at that moment and if you think about this this looks a lot like the picture of when when uh, uh, god breathed life into adam all right because without without jesus inside of us without being saved we are essentially dead yeah we're walking around you know according to to medical doctors we're alive but the truth is is that we are dead in our trespasses in our sin And at this moment, when you get saved, Jesus breathes life into you just like God breathed life into Adam. And where something once was dead, it is now made alive again in Jesus Christ. Jesus does the same thing that God did with Adam when he breathes into their life. But in Acts 1, through 1, 3 through 5, we see that God actually promised the Holy Spirit to us. Now then, he presented himself alive after his suffering by many proofs. So this is Jesus after he was dead. He proves that he's alive, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Now, if there was only one filling of the Spirit, if there wasn't a baptism of the Holy Spirit, and Jesus had already breathed the Holy Spirit onto them, and he's saying that you need to wait for when I depart because God is going to send what he promised. If it was only one thing, why would, God, why would he say that I'm going to do it again why would he, he just breathed on them said receive the holy spirit if this was the same act why would he mention it again after he had already done it but he says john baptized with water but you'll be baptized with the holy spirit not many days from now we're going to find out this is this is out you see but, but maybe he's talking about this the same experience but you're going to see that that this baptism of the holy spirit happens after jesus ascended well jesus said, receive the Holy Spirit before he ascended. This is two separate occasions. 
and I'm doing this again today. I got this new tablet. I used to have the iPod, iPad, and now I got this one. It's got a back button right here. So every time I go to switch hands, I hit the back button, I look down, and my notes are gone, which is not too bad on a, uh, on a Sunday morning because I can usually get back on track. But I'm doing a wedding yesterday, <laughs> and I'm trying to do the wedding, and I kept hitting the back button, and the notes are gone, and I'm like pausing and freaking out, trying to get them back up. Finally, at the end of the wedding, I just had to wing it. I couldn't get it back up. <laughs> <laughs> Praise God. I've got to figure out what I'm going to do with that. But this is subsequent to salvation. This illustrates the difference between the two. Hmm. And this promise of the Father that you heard from me, you can actually read about the promise that he's talking about in Luke 24, verse 49. It says, And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power on high. In Acts 2, 1 through 4, it says, When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So now this is what Jesus was talking about. So Jesus has resurrected. He's went around and he spoke to the disciples and he's, made, he's appeared in front of them with the scripture a couple seconds ago said by many convincing proofs. So Jesus is back. He talks to them. He says, receive the Holy Spirit and he breathes on them. They get saved at that moment. But then he says, in a few more days, you're going to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. You're going to receive power from on high. So Jesus at this point has ascended into heaven. Jesus is no longer walking the earth with them after his resurrection and they're sitting in in the house right here in pentecost the day of pentecost and it comes and the holy spirit falls upon them says they were filled with the holy spirit this is what jesus was talking about and you may not know this but this day of pentecost is actually the exact same day that the law was given to the to the to the israelites as well god is doing an incredible thing on the exact same day and the tongues of fire, they rested upon them, and that they were filled. And it's funny that it uses the word, they're all filled with the Holy Spirit, because you're going to see that this isn't the only time that that reference is used. Every time that you see the disciples operate in the power of the Holy Spirit, many times it says they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And you're like, well, if they were filled with the Holy Spirit, why would they get filled again? The joke's been made that we leak. We've got we to gotta keep being filled with the Holy Spirit. But the reality is, is that the, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, the, the idea is for Him to flow through you. Think of yourself as a pitcher being filled up by the power of God. If you get filled up by the power of God and you never pour it out, there's no need for you to be filled again. But if you're operating in the gifts and God is operating through you and you're being poured out, then you need to be filled. The power of God needs to continue to flow through you. And the reality is it's much like being plugged into a light socket. When you get plugged into God and His power flows through you. And then it goes on to say, they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They began to speak in other tongues. If you continue on and read this story, the scripture says that, that they were spoken like 13 different languages that morning. 
the scripture, but it doesn't say that they actually spoke in those languages. What it says is that the others were hearing them in that language. It says the, the others were hearing them speak in their own tongue. And you know what? They, they're not the only people that thought this stuff was weird because the other guys were there too and they're like, are these people drunk? Do you guys hear what they're saying? Some of them said, are these people drunk? They're just talking gibberish. But others were hearing them speak in their own language. When the power of God moves through you, that's the thing about the power of God, the supernatural aspects of God is because we put God in a box of how he can work. We think that God can only work in a certain way, but God wants to blow your mind with how he can work through you. Do you think it's that difficult for God to give you words to speak that don't make sense to anybody else, but he can understand? Or in this case, he began to speak through them. Some people thought they were drunk, thought it was weird, but instead people were hearing them speak in their own language. God was speaking through them. As they began to speak, in other, as the Spirit gave them utterance. That's something to, to uh, uh, keep in mind as well, is that when you begin to operate in these gifts, they take a little bit of, of movement and faith from your part. When you want to begin to speak, you've got to move your mouth. God's not going to, this isn't a supernatural puppet show. You're not getting the supernatural hand of God shoved up your rear and moving you around like a puppet. You have to step out and do these things. You're not a marionette. You have to begin to open your mouth. If you want to prophesy, you have to begin to open your mouth and speak what God is putting on your heart. If you want to speak words of encouragement, you have to open up your mouth and speak. If you want to see somebody get touched by God and be healed, that means every now and then you're going to have to pray for somebody and lay your hands on them. When Peter stepped out of the boat, how many know he could walk on water? We know he could because he walked on water. But he had to step out of the boat. God is not going to do things for you. He's not going to make you move. He's not going to cause you to do anything that you don't want to do. That's why Paul said earnestly desire the gifts. Because if you don't desire them, God is not going to force you to move in them. Amen? In Acts 2, 16 through 21, it says, But this is it this yeah, sorry. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And in the last days it shall be, God declares that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. How many know that we've been living in the last days for a long time? And I thank God it's taken longer than we all might have expected. But the, the scripture said God is not slow as we would count slowness, but he is patient towards us so that everyone might come to know Jesus Christ. Everyone might come to know, to believe. He's being patient with us so that more people have the opportunity to know him. And he says, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh and all your sons and daughters shall prophesy. That's all of us. This is something we should be. This is, even though we've been trained our lives that this stuff is weird, this should actually be natural for Christians. He says, your sons and daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions, words of knowledge, words of wisdoms, and your old men shall dream dreams. You guys know why the young men see visions and the old men dream dreams, right? because the old men are always sleeping. And it says, And even on my male servants and female servants, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. This was Peter's rebuttal. They said, hey, look at all these guys. They're drunk. They're speaking in these weird language. It sounds like gibberish. It's weird. And Paul said, we're not drunk. It's only 9 a.m. Apparently that meant something back then. I don't think it means anything today. You can't use that excuse. It's only 9 a.m. We're not drunk. This is the power of God flowing 
through us. And he said, you know what? Joel prophesied this would happen. Why are you guys so freaked out by this? Why are you? God said it would happen. Why didn't you see it coming? And the interesting thing is that Joel was written between 1900 B.C. and 400 B.C. See how accurate we are there. But somewhere in those, uh, what is that, four or 500 years? No, a lot more years than that. It's hard to calculate B.C. because you've got to think backwards. So for 1,500 years. And he says, by this power, many things would take place. Prophecy, visions, dreams, this power of the Holy Spirit being poured out. This was 1,500 years before. 400 to 1,500 years before. 1900, I don't know. It's too early for math. Yeah, it's 9 a.m. <laughs> 400 to 1900. Actually, I don't even have to do math. It says it right there. 400 to 1900 years before this happened. Jeez Louise. Ah. And he says, by this. <laughs> he says, this is for everybody. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Young men, basically, we're all covered if we will step out in faith and let God move through us. Amen? And the purpose of these gifts is to be empowered by God, to reach the lost. You know, there are so many people out there that don't know the love of God. They're walking around with no hope. They're walking around in pain. They don't think anybody loves them or anybody cares for them. And so many people, you know, you look at it like, but they don't have it that bad. You know, they got a nice house. They got a nice car. But the reality is, is that even people that have all these material things, they're hurting more than you can ever imagine. That's why we see so many uh, suicides by celebrities, or they're going through, so you think that they have everything, but they're not. They're hurting, they're lost, they're broken, they're looking for something more, and it turns out that cars and money and women and sex and drugs, they don't fill that void. Only Jesus Christ can do that, amen? And to continue that scriptures, I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor and smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness, the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day, so that it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How many know this is some more weird stuff too? I mean, how many, if you walked out in the middle of the day and it's darkness... Or it's raining fire. I mean, this is, I, I want you to know that when we look at the stuff that God's doing, it may seem weird to us today, but the truth is, is we can't limit what God is going to do. If God wants to hold the sun in the sky for a little while, he can and will do it. He's done it before. And people are like, well, that's crazy. That couldn't happen. But they've actually shown how it can happen and how it did happen. When they look back in the history of all these things, we need to make sure that we're, when we're talking about these things that we don't have preconceived notions in our head that begins to limit what God can do in our lives. Amen? Luke eleven eleven through 13 says, What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more then will the heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Do you know that if you want the gift of the Holy Spirit, you simply have to ask God. You simply have to pray and say, God, this is what I want. And then you have to step out in faith. Paul said, or sorry, Peter said, Jesus, if that's you, call me out to you. And, and Jesus said, come out to me. And then what did, what did Peter have to do? He had to take a step out of the boat. If you ask God for the gift of the Holy Spirit, he will give it to you. 
But you have to step out in faith. You have to begin to move your mouth to let God speak through you, to give you utterance. You have to be able to, you have to lay hands on somebody if you want to see them healed. You have to speak to somebody if you want to encourage them with the gift of prophecy or wisdom or knowledge. But he says, what father among you? Said, what makes a good father? So they take care of their kids, right? Like you said here, if a father here, if, if, if their kid asked for some food and instead you gave him poison, we'd say that's not a good father. And even for the most part, even, even worldly fathers, even fathers that have no religion, they know how to take care of their kids. They know what makes a good father. Even if you don't know Jesus, you can still be a good earthly father. And there's many that do that, and we all get that, except for the few crazy people out there. For the most part, people take care of their kids. And he says that if, if, if the people of this world can do that, if even, you know, if we grow up and we know that we're supposed to be those kind of people to our kids, how much more so do you think your heavenly father will be? If you ask, he's not going to trick you. He's not going to give you something that, that you didn't ask for. But if you, if you ask him, you will be filled. If you will just step out in faith, amen? And today, if you've not been filled with the gift of the Holy Spirit, if you've not been filled with the Holy Spirit, we'll give you an opportunity after the service to come up. I would love to pray for you if you would like to receive the Holy Spirit. In Acts 2, 38 through 39, we're going to find out is, is all right, that, that, that makes sense. So this is what it is. We look at the scripture, we see that it's subsequent to salvation. But the question is, is it for me? Because that's the next thing, right? Because the next thing we want to do to start rationalizing this stuff is like, all right, okay, so this is real. It happened in the Bible. He's talking about it. But it's not for me, or it's not for us today. It was just for the apostles, or it was just for the soup. Maybe pastors and missionaries might have it, but not for me, not for the, the regular person that just attends church on Sunday. It's not for me. But this is what the Scripture said. And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. Now you do have to be saved to receive the Holy Spirit, but once you get saved, you're in the pool. You are you are who it's for. The scripture says, repent, be baptized. How many of you? Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. And then what happens? You will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit because this promise is for you and your children. And not only that, for everyone who is far off. He's saying this promise is for everyone. The reality is is that this gift is made available to each and every one of us. And all that we have to do is ask. And God will give us. He says, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask of Him? But you say, are you sure it's it's not just for the apostles? Acts 11, 15 through 17 says, As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell on them just as on us at the beginning. And I remembered that the word of the Lord, how he said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If then God gave the same gift to them as he gave to us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that could stand in God's way? 
What Peter is talking about is he went to a house of Gentiles. These weren't apostles. These weren't even Jews. These people didn't believe in Jesus. And he went over there and they began to, to, he shared the gospel with them and they believed. And at that moment, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And something I want you to tuck in the back of your mind right now is how did Peter know that? Because I want you to know that when you get filled with the Spirit, you don't, you don't get a, a heavenly ID card that you can carry around and show to people. It's done by faith. But Peter knew that they were filled with this. So think about that as we move forward here. But this is to the, he's, Peter is giving his defense to the apostles and the brethren in Jerusalem, saying, this is why I went to the Gentiles. God said that I should not consider anything that he considers clean to be unclean, so I went to them, and he says that it says they received the same gift as he gave to us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, who was I that could stand in people's way, in God's way? How could I stand in God's way? How could I make the decision who this is for? And the reality is, is this wasn't just for the apostles. It wasn't just for the Jews. This was for everyone who called upon the name of the Lord. This is for everyone who has received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And the gift came to them after believing. It fell upon them and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> In Acts 19.6, we're going to begin to see what I believe, how Peter knew that the Holy Spirit had fell upon them. And we're going to see this more and more often as we look at when, when the Holy Spirit falls upon people, what happens? And in Acts 19.6, it says, when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began speaking in other tongues and prophesying. So we'll notice that difference when I, I talked about the difference between receiving the Holy Spirit when you are, are, are saved. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you can see that, that, that same thing here. It says the Holy Spirit came on them. It, 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 baptism, you guys know what the word baptism means? It just means to be whelmed. It means to, to be, so like when we do baptisms, the reason why we put you fully underwater because baptism means to be fully whelmed. They used the same word when they were, when they were dying clothes. They, the baptismal means to put the clothes all the way in the dyed water so when they pulled it out, it's to be completely submersed. And the same thing here, to be baptized is the Holy Spirit to become upon you, to be completely submersed in Him and He flows through you. And what Paul had done here is he laid hands on them, and, and all that simply was the laying of hands was just a point of release of faith. I don't know if you've ever had somebody pray for you, but as they begin to lay your, your, their hands on you, you feel something change. The atmosphere, something will change, and it's because your faith is being released in that moment. It's just to help you to get over that hump, and your faith is released. So Paul laid hands on them to release their faith, and then when that happened, they began to pray. In other tongues, they begin to speak. In other tongues, they begin to prophesy. The Holy Spirit is received. The gifts of the Spirit are able to be manifested. In Acts 8, 14 through 17, it says, And now when the apostles of Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent to them Peter and John, who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit, for he had not yet fallen on any of them. They had only been baptized. So baptism for them back then, that was like their altar call. When we want to ask people if they would like to receive Jesus Christ into their, to their heart as their Lord and Savior, we, we, do, we do that prayer. 
But back then, when they were asking people, we, we didn't wait till, till the last Sunday of the month to go to Jan's house where we got a pool to baptize people. They just found the nearest water and they baptized them. That was, when they came up, that was their declaration saying that I believe that I have died and been buried with Jesus Christ and that I have risen out of the water. So we know that they were already saved because they had already been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. They had already been baptized, but the Spirit had not yet fallen on any of them. But it says, then they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. They had already believed. And that, I, I hate to labor the point, but I want to see that you guys understand clearly that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is subsequent to salvation. It's something separate. It's, it's more than just being saved. And many will say that, that no, it was, it was for a time ago, or it's not for us, or they, they don't survive anymore, they're not needed, but I believe that they do today, and I've seen them operate in many, many different people. But after this, they, they had been saved, but then they, they laid hands on them, and they began to receive the Holy Spirit. And Acts ten forty four through 47 says, While Peter was still saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word. And the believers from among the circumcised who had come with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out even on the Gentiles. For they were hearing them speak in tongues and extolling God. And then Peter declared, Can anyone withhold water for baptizing these people who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? This goes to show that it's not the baptism that saves you either. Our baptism is just an outward water baptism. It's just a, a, a declaration of what has already been accomplished inside of you the moment you believe. But they believed, and then they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And how did they know that they were filled with the Holy Spirit? He says, because the gift of the Holy Spirit was even poured out even on the Gentiles, for they were hearing them speaking in tongues. This, was the, this is how they knew that the Holy Spirit had been fallen upon them as they began speaking in tongues. This is why we often refer to speaking in tongues as the, the starter gift, if you will, because it's the easiest to do. You begin to, to you trust God and you begin to move your mouth and God will give you the utterance. And he says that, that they could tell they were filled because they began to speak in tongues. And in nearly all cases in the book of Acts where the believer is baptized in the Holy Spirit, they speak in other tongues. We talked about the first one. He said, Peter said he saw that the Holy Spirit fell upon. Well, how did he do that? He must have saw them speaking. There was some evidence. In Acts 2.4, it says, And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Acts 19.6, And when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they began to speaking in tongues and prophesying. We have here, he saw that they were speaking in tongues. And speaking in tongues, or any gift of the Holy Spirit, like I've said, is not God supernaturally taking control of you, but it's instead you stepping out in faith and believing that God will move through you. The reality is, is that everything we do as Christians is by faith. And some stuff is harder than others. It doesn't take a very much uh, amount of faith to, to, to believe. That's our first step. We, re, we believe Jesus Christ died for us and he fills us. Or he, he, we receive the Holy Spirit. We are made brand new. But the other things that happen in Christianity many times takes much more faith. It takes a little bit of faith 
for salvation, but it takes a lot of faith to see somebody healed from cancer. It takes a lot of faith for somebody to be raised from the dead. And it takes a little bit more faith to step out in these gifts as well. But we do it by faith. The scripture says that without faith, it's impossible to believe God. But when we step out in faith, God will do amazing things through you, supernatural things that you wouldn't even believe could happen, stuff that seems weird. And it does. I'll be the first to admit. First time I heard people praying in tongues, I'm like, what the heck are they doing? Those people sound cuckoo. Now I'm one of them. But it's okay because I'll be crazy for Jesus. Because the truth is, is I'm not trying to please men. I'm trying to please him. And he, he is happy with my faith. And this is what God wants. He wants to give us this power that we can operate as effectively as we can. We just have to, to start. You, you just open your mouth and begin to pray. Begin to speak and let God work through you. You see, this is the... I, I remember that when it happened to me, the first time that I was filled with the Spirit, I, one, I began to, I was taught just like this. You begin to see it because you're like, this is crazy. It doesn't make any sense. And then as you begin to look through the Word, you have to make a decision. Is what the Word says? Do, do I believe what it says? Is this true? And that's what I've tried to do this morning is lay it out for you what the Word says about this so that you have the opportunity to step out in faith and believe and make a choice. And for many years, I, I, I thought, I, I believed in the gifts of the Spirit and all that stuff, but I thought it was, it was you know, God was going to come, my eyes were going to roll back in my head and they were going to start glowing and, you know, they'd be, oh, halo around me and then I'd begin to operate in the gifts, but it doesn't happen like that. Matter of fact, the Scripture says that the, the Spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. What does that mean? That means that, that uh, uh, for one Paul is talking about doing this in order. And we're going to spend a couple more weeks speaking of the gifts of the Holy Spirit as we continue to go through the book of 1 Corinthians. But what he's saying is that God is a God of order. You know, what you don't want to see is walk into a, a church service and everybody's speaking in tongues and there's no order. It's just chaos because one, speaking in tongues is between you and God unless you have an interpreter. It's between you and God. God understands you, but nobody else does. So if we walked in here and everybody was speaking in tongues and it was a big giant mess, one, if anybody didn't know the Lord came in here, they would just hightail it back out of here because we all look ridiculous. We all look, it's weird to them. So we, we do it in order. So Paul said the subject of the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. And what that means is, is that if you have a prophecy that God has given you or you want to begin to speak in tongues, that you have control over that. You're not a spiritual puppet. And if you want to speak in tongues, you can begin to do that. You can begin to pray in tongues when you want to because God will speak. You open your mouth in faith and God will speak through you. And you can choose when to do it and choose when not to do it. But I remember my first, we were in Rocky Point, Mexico, because that's where we used to do men's retreats. I miss going down there. That was good fun. And uh, we would go down to Rocky Point and uh, uh, we had a big group of men, and this is when I, God finally touched me, and finally, this is when I finally dedicated my life to him. And I remember, because we're standing there, and I'm, he, they asked me to come up, and he says, anybody hasn't received the gift of the Holy Spirit, you want to be filled with the Spirit, come on up. And I went up there, and I'm raising my hands, and I'm crying like a girl, and God's touching me, and he's moving me, and, and you begin to do, they call it the, uh, the uh, uh, I've heard someone refer to it as the stammering lips, because when you're stepping on in faith, you know you've never done it, you know, the, you've heard people like that. It's because they're stepping out. But God will, because we do it in faith. God will, and that's how it started with me. 
And I remember that as I began to exercise that gift and step out, there were some times that I was just making noise because I wasn't doing it in faith. And there were times where I was speaking to God. And I began to learn to tell the difference. And the truth is, is when you do things in faith, God will move through you. And he will honor that faith. Amen? Praying in tongues is praying in the Spirit to God. 1 Corinthians 14.2 says, For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men, but to God. For no one understands him, but he utters mystery in the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 14.14 says, For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. That's the other thing about praying in tongues as well, is, is you don't understand what you're praying. You're speaking directly to God. You don't understand it. And I believe that one day we're going to get to heaven and realize that we were praying for stuff and God answered prayers that we didn't even know we were praying for because the Holy Spirit gave us the utterance and God understood us. So when we're thinking about things, don't let what your feelings, you know, when it feels weird, it feels crazy, don't let your feelings overtake what God has said in his world. And don't let what the world might think because the reality is, is, is we begin to limit what God does in our life in many different ways because some of us won't even lift our hands and worship because we're afraid of what somebody might think of us. Somebody won't sing out loud because we're afraid of what someone might think of us. And some of us won't operate in the gifts of the Spirit because it seems weird or we wonder what people might say. Don't let your feelings or what other people might think make you miss out on an incredible gift of God that He has for you. Amen? And Acts 1.8 says, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. You know, the final question is, is, are these gifts for today? Do we need them today in the church? Was this a relic of the past? Was it something God just did in the early church? Was it just for the apostles or the early disciples? says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When you read this, this, this scripture, it is speaking to you. When he says, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, he's speaking to the disciples. This was their city. Jerusalem was their city. So when you're reading this to yourselves, you'll say, and you will be my witnesses in, 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 in Marana, or in Tucson, or in Green Valley. You will be my witnesses in, in your city. And he says in all Judea and Samaria. Now what he's talking about is the region that they're in. That's like saying not only will you be a witness in your city, but you're going to be a witness in your state or in your country. And then finally says, into the ends of the earth. Just in case you thought that you had an area where you didn't have a responsibility, we wrap it up all tidy, right? To the ends of the earth. It is our responsibility to share the gospel. And God has given us the power to do so in the Holy Spirit so that we can be effective witnesses, that we can step out and do things that we never thought possible, that we can step out with boldness that we didn't think was possible because God is working through us, that we can begin to encourage people that we don't even know and touch their lives that day. Because God is working through you. That you can give them a word of wisdom or knowledge. Or you might see someone in God saying, go pray for that person. You lay hands on them. And they're instantly healed before your eyes. I don't know about you, church, but I still think we need that power today. We still have a job to do.
we still have a world that doesn't know Jesus Christ. There are so many people, and I know that I can't do it in my own power, but I know that I can do it in His. Amen? Amen. We'll go in and in there today. Let's go ahead and uh, stand to our feet.